0: This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the South largest independent accountancy practice. www.onf.ie
1: Hello, good morning and welcome to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR, brought to you in association with O'Neill Foley Accountants. One of the biggest global business news stories this week ...was the World Economic Forum which took place in Davos in Switzerland. The theme of the forum this year uh, was stakeholders for a cohesive and sustainable world. It saw 10 leaders under the age of 20 attend and Greta Thunberg was to the forefront with her speech having a very different message to that of President Trump to put it mildly. Closer to home, sustainability is also a pressing issue and later in this week's programme we'll be talking to Fiona Deegan, Head of Enterprise at the local Enterprise Office in Kilkenny and Paddy Phelan, CEO of Three Counties Energy Agency to hear more about a new Green for Micro program in the southeast but first to the motor industry the new year is a time when lots of people take delivery of their new cars with the spotlight firmly on sustainable living and the government's plan to have a massive one million electric vehicles on the road by 2030 many will be considering an electric or a hybrid vehicle during the week, I dropped into Carlo Nissan in the Wexford Road Business Park in Carlo. It opened last year and I met Ray Garland, the sales manager. I asked him how this new business was getting along. Fantastic, actually. It's gone from strength to strength.
2: Um, we started off with uh, five staff and now we're employing 10 in a short period of time, which is fantastic for the area and uh, the local response in the area has been very good and we're selling a few units we've already done our target now
1: for january which is great um a challenging industry over the last 12 years you're doing quite well but an interesting one in the year ahead um you know the whole environmental issues electric cars and so on people are very positive about electric cars but there's a bit of a knowledge gap how are you feeling about the whole development of that sector
2: Yes, there's been a big leap in uh, people coming into the showroom, Uh, they're coming in with their petrols or diesels and they are asking now quite a lot, should I go for electric? And it's part of the conversation we're having with almost everybody that comes into the showroom. And there is a big uptake in electric vehicles. And once you take them out for a drive and show them the benefits and their savings in their pocket, there is a big changeover and people the reaction after driving it a month later, come back for their checks. They love it.
1: Um, The government announced very ambitious targets. I think a million electric cars on the road by 2030. Um, A lot of scepticism towards that in some ways, but uh, people will have to start thinking more uh, realistically about their car options and overcoming the big issue seems to be batteries. Some exciting developments coming down the road in relation to that.
2: Yes, there's some big developments down the road. For instance, the Nissan LEAF is uh, the world's best-selling electric vehicle. And uh, they give an eight-year warranty with the battery. So you've got plenty covered and up to 160,000 uh, kilometres. The other thing then is in within the year, you'll be able to come into any Nissan showroom in the country and you will be able to buy a battery pack for your home. And that battery pack will be charged by your sunlight solar power. And when you come home in the evening, you'll be pl- plugging your car into that battery pack. Now you're charging your car for free. And you won't have to depend on the grid. And uh, it's, 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 the savings on your pocket, once your initial payoff is, 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 is comes back, it'll be fantastic.
1: Uh, And so developments like that within the next 12 months. But can you see further developments down in a longer period that will offer a lot more innovative solutions like, uh, you know, charging in work related car parks, for example, if, you know, if there's 20 electric cars in a work related car park, how will they manage? Are there innovations coming?
2: Well, the way it's going to happen is most of the time you're going to charge at home. So as you sleep and there isn't much demand on the uh, electric supply, you'll be able to charge your car at home. And that's what the majority of the people with electric vehicles are doing at present. So... When you go into work, yes, uh, a lot of places are putting in, the bigger companies are putting in a lot of chargers, and we can see a big uh, upsurge in the amount of units being put into industrial premises, etc. you know.
1: Yeah, uh, and the government came to push the whole benefit-in-kind advantages. How's that going from a business point of view? Well, from a business
2: point of view, if a company buys uh, an electric vehicle, 100% electric vehicle for their employees, they have no benefit-in-kind whatsoever. So that's a huge saving. Uh, that would be 70, 75 euros a week of a saving for that, that driver.
1: Um, some confusion about, uh, among people between EVs, hybrid and plug-in hybrids. Can you clarify that for people? Because I, I, I seem to sense that people, there's a knowledge gap there.
2: Yeah, there is a big knowledge gap. And the, I, I suppose the hybrid, I think, is only a stopgap because you're still burning fossil fuels, um, and then you have the electric side of it, all right, but the hybrid is not... the You're not future-proofing yourself by going for hybrid. The only way to go is 100% electric um, and you're not burning any fossil fuels and that is the way to go. So if you want to future-proof yourself go 100% electric that would be my opinion and a lot of people are doing that.
1: And you mentioned I think before we we turned on the recorder but um solar power tying into the domestic chargers as well so that that's yeah. a kind of really green.
2: Oh yeah that's you're going to be totally green so you can run your car 100% green not using any fossil fuels or you the other thing about it also is that if you buy a petrol or a diesel car if there's a war in the Middle East or something goes wrong, the prices go up the next day. Uh, if you have a 100% electric car, it's plugged into your electric supply at home, the prices are set in Ireland, so you're not worried what's going on globally. So that's another very important point. Mm.
1: So uh, from your own business point of view, it's a huge change. It must require a lot of, you know, for people who've been selling petrol and diesel cars for, for so long. It's a big change and the change isn't going to stop because presumably it's a continuous process in relation to electric cars.
2: Yeah, it was a huge learning curve for all the staff. They had to go into Nissan Ireland to be trained. And actually, in Nissan, NACE, uh, Nissan Ireland have opened up a training centre, Nissan Academy, to train all the mechanics uh, to change over from diesel and petrol vehicles to electric. So that's the first centre in the country opened in Nice.
1: Uh, you just showed me before we started talking here uh, the engines it's a lot more straightforward a lot less moving parts and a lot less stuff to go wrong is is that is that a pretty good selling point
2: yeah it's a very good selling point on average in your diesel or petrol car there's around 2200 moving parts in your electric there's only 200 so there's far less to go wrong and you have no more oil changes anymore Timing belts, timing chains, exhaust systems, uh, clutches, they're all a thing of the past. So you don't even have to worry about where that waste oil from your engine is going because you don't need it in your electric vehicle. So it's fantastic.
1: So optimistic, in, in, a, in a tough business, optimistic uh, and uh, hopeful of a, of a quick take-up among people of, of electric vehicles.
2: Yeah, a year and a half ago, if, if I go back to people coming into the showroom, they were just inquiring about petrol or diesel. And it was the odd customer that was coming in inquiring about um, electric. Now, everybody that comes in has the conversation regarding electric vehicles. And when they test drive it, they actually make the change very quickly
1: that was Ray Garland sales manager of Carlo Nissan talking to me earlier in the week about electric cars now we're talking about the environment and at the start I talked about the whole issue of sustainability and how it was a major theme at Davos well locally this week the enterprise offices in Kilkenny, Carlow, Wexford, Waterford and Tipperary launched a new program called Green for Micro I was joined in studio by Fiona Deegan head of enterprise at Kilkenny local enterprise office and Paddy Phelan the chief executive of of 3 C A to talk about it. I started by asking Fiona Deegan to explain the Green for Micro scheme, how it came about, what were its priorities and objectives.
3: Well, I suppose earlier this year, John, the government announced a competitive fund which local enterprise offices could develop projects and apply for funding. And in the South the South local enterprise offices worked together to pull together a number of applications. We subsequently submitted four applications, one which was called a Green for Micro programme. And what we wanted to do with that programme was to assist um, micro enterprises and businesses in the manufacturing sectors specifically to incorporate sustainable practices into the day-to-day running of their businesses and assist them to transition to a low-carbon economy, focusing on water, energy, waste procurement uh, and transport management. So there's a few elements to the project. The first element uh, um, what we're we're focusing on today is a, a seminar for businesses looking to uh, really save money within their businesses. Um, the second element of the program uh, will be where we will actually select a number of businesses per county. There's ten in total between in the region where we will put them through a, a program from now until November and. Uh, implement practices and monitoring equipment to try and monitor what savings will be achieved and at the end of that um program then we'll we'll hold a conference just to showcase the learnings from that but basically the seminar that we are holding on the 13th of February in the New Park Hotel. It's a breakfast seminar, um, registra- registration from 8 o'clock starting at 8.30. Uh, basically, we want to outline to businesses you know, what can be achieved and what savings can be achieved, and to assist them to transition to a low-carbon economy. No pr-
1: Paddy, you're the chief executive of 3CEA. That's the three counties energy agency. Um, just before we get into this particular thing, just for the uninitiated, tell us just very briefly about the work that 3CEA carries out.
4: So we in the energy agency have been working in partnership, really, with lots of businesses and uh, entities around the three counties uh, over the last number of years, primarily working in the space of energy efficiency um, and working to develop projects whereby they would make energy savings and help the business be more sustainable. Uh, a lot of projects have gone through the programmes over the last number of years and been quite successful You know, on a national scale in bringing a lot of uh, good projects through um, to Kilkenny, Carlow and Wexford. Um, examples, right from hotels like the Pembroke Hibernian Hotel in Kilkenny, New Park businesses in the f- agri space, O'Shea Farms um, Fitzgerald Nurseries and right across even the, the, the local authorities have been doing very active and a lot of you have seen in the last few months the entire ring road now is an is LED and right throughout the counties Carlow Kilkenny and Wexford you will now start to notice that the old orange or very yellowy street lamps have moved to the new slicker cleaner, better lighting LEDs at significant 64% energy savings. So developing projects and helping people get through the bureaucratic process is an awful lot of what we do and the aggregation piece where we bring all these projects together which you know brings value for money to all the actors. So that's principally where we've been at and I suppose this opportunity with the enterprise office we've been looking at it for a few years now as to how do we how do we make this sustainable how do we make it in such a way that it's targeted so there's a number of sectors and enterprise uh, more targeted so rather than be generic right across everybody and I think through a few years of tic tacking over and back and, and with great help from Fiona and the team and local enterprise office across the counties, we put together an application last September.
1: So I suppose the start of the journey is the seminar on the 13th of February. What kind of businesses and what kind of people are you looking to come along on that day, Fiona?
3: Well, I would say we're looking for all businesses to come along. It's an information session and it's to get people thinking about green and to get people learning about what you can do it in your business to save money to uh, be a greener business. So really there's no restriction on the type of business that that should come. We would invite all businesses to come and, and start that journey if they haven't already done that. So it's to get that awareness and to raise awareness and learn that little bit of information. Um, the We have 3CEA will be providing information on what you can do and outlining um, maybe uh, grants that are available uh, to businesses and to 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 save, uh, you know, on on their energy costs, and then we have um, other speakers on the day. Hmm. Um, so again, no restriction. Everybody is welcome to come along and, and learn and start their journey on the green uh, transition into a low carbon economy, John.
1: And a huge amount to be done and it can be a bit daunting at times for companies when you hear the national and the global figures. But I suppose it uh, it is true that the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step and people can really make a big difference by adopting small changes. What kind of things? You mentioned uh, there, Paddy, about like the uh, uh, Pembroke Pembroke Hotel and different businesses, O'Shea Farms, what kind of small things can people do to make a difference to the environment but also save money?
4: Yeah, if we if we take the Pembroke Hotel as an example, they've they've been on a, a journey I suppose over the past number of years. So initially they would have worked in 2013 where they would have tackled some internal lighting with some low energy lighting and also looked at beer cooling at the time. They had an interesting project where rather than keeping the beer cooled all of the time in the entire beer system, that uh, they reduce the cooling demand, ensuring the quality of their beer and having it cool, but just not necessarily ha- having the level of energy to keep the entire product cool. Um, and, and more recently, they have looked at the cooking. So uh, they would have been <coughs> working with, you know, gas-fired hobs, Moving across to induction and the the saving of energy there has been significant. Uh, and this year they also looked at heating and ventilation. But the interesting one for them was they also installed an e car charger in their car park. So not just facilitating themselves but also their customers and you know making the whole transition simpler for and those. improving
1: the offering to customers as well. Exactly.
4: Yeah. And I think it's important to note that that, that event is a free event on the thirteenth for all to attend. And really, for us in the Energy Agency, who I suppose uh, being people who are, uh, you know, addressing and, and reviewing these issues every day, what, what really we're hoping to give is hands-on tips from our expertise, you know, um, for mentoring uh, how one might go about and some of the good examples uh, saving uh, not just on energy, but there's right across the waste that you're business produces the water use how much water you use and how you use it and then transport is another area, when you look at the energy balance or the CO2 emissions for the counties of Carlow Kilkenny and all the counties I suppose Ireland Inc, transport is a significant uh, emitter in our our space Mm. and really identifying with all of those specific aspects uh, the thoughts around procurement, so what are you buying when are you buying it who are you buying it from and where is it coming from? Yeah, yeah. Um a lot of the policy direction at European level is about, you know, low carbon procurement. So a lot of suppliers, if you're a supplier of, 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 of materials from the, the you know, the micro enterprise or manufacturing space and you're supplying materials into Europe, you need to be aware that not immediately but coming down the track is the requirement for you to be able to provide the carbon emission value of your product. Mm. And that could be a, a factor in a tender to win a large contract. So it's, it's raising awareness. Uh, and again, reiterating, it's a free event that morning. So, and, and it's open to all businesses to come and, and learn a little bit. OK, well, look,
1: uh, it sounds like a very interesting one. Uh, the conservation and protection of the environment is the critical issue of our age. So make a date in your diary, the 13th of February. Uh, that's the seminar, which is all part of Green for Micro, the scheme, which is being uh, run by the Kilkenny Local Enterprise Office. And also, uh, you heard Paddy Phelan, Chief Executive of 3 CA. Thanks to Fiona Deegan for. For coming in and Paddy Phelan of 3CEA. We look forward to keeping up to date with you during the year on this very good programme. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell.
0: Brought to you in association with the Neil Foley accountants. Our website, onf.ie, shows the full range of services we provide
1: to businesses large and small. And hopefully we'll be talking about the green for micro scheme over the coming weeks and months here on The Bottom Line on KCLR. Our next guest is a well-known face to many as he's been the general manager of the kilkenny Ormond Hotel since 2009. He's the current vice president of ...of Kilkenny Chamber of Commerce, wears many hats. He's a member of Kilkenny Tourism, the British-Irish Trade Alliance, Trail Kilkenny... ...and he's a member of the IBEC Regional Executive Committee in the South East. His name is Colin Ahern and earlier on I caught up with him and chatted to him about the upcoming election... The Restaurant Week, which is under uh, underway in Kilkenny at the moment, but I started by asking him to look back to 2019 and to tell us about how the year was for the hospitality and tourism industry.
0: The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across the southeast.
1: Colin O'Hearn, 2019, looking back at the tourism and hospitality sector, how was it in this area? I think it was
5: uh, certainly on a par with 2018, maybe a little bit better. I mean, talking um, about Kilkenny and the hotels in Kilkenny, uh, there was a general uplift in in uh, rev power, which is how we man- which is how we measure our um our room our, our room revenue, of about two and a half three percent, and that kind of from speaking to my colleagues in the region, that's a general average um, in um in the southeast. Now we were lucky in some parts of the country, like Cork and Kerry and and uh, and the southwest. They were back about 10% this year on the previous year. And the start of 2019 was very, very challenging for, for hospitality businesses in particular. I suppose um, we're, we're lucky and unlucky in the southeast in some ways. Um, we're, we're lucky that, that, that when other regions see uh, a downturn, um, we don't generally get that big downturn that they get, probably because of our proximity to Dublin.
1: Is there an extent that that's also due to the fact that maybe the industry and the southeast isn't as developed as, as it potentially can be?
5: Absolutely, and I suppose that's <clears throat> that is the point. Of all the international visitors, and Foyle Ireland will tell us that there were there were nearly 10 million tourists uh, or visitors um, visits is the word they use sorry um, to the to the country um, in 2019. Um, only 20 percent of those visits will enter the southeast and visit the southeast and we 'll only get ten percent of the of the money they spend in Ireland so we really are and in terms of tourism we, we really are still the poor relation um and and Forge, Ireland have brought out um, Ireland 's ancient East or, or or marketing Ireland's ancient East I should say um and and, and we 've all bought into that and it 's something that that we 're working uh, very hard with but it 's going to take a long a long time to change that I mean looking at Kilkenny and I, and Kilkenny is is a mirror in general of of the southeast 70% of our business um, in in Kilkenny is domestic Irish leisure and that's something that we really are working hard to change at the moment and trying to get more international visitors into Kilkenny.
1: So um, in that context with the importance of the domestic market and last year with Brexit consumer confidence was very very badly affected not a bad result looking ahead to the year ahead the Irish Open is a big uh, is a big event on the calendar in May is that a major tourism opportunity it's a huge tourism opportunity for Kilkenny um,
5: it is <coughs> it is last last year it was in Lehinch, Hinch as we know um, the, the the footage that was put together by Fawcett Ireland and, and, and Le Hinch in general has been viewed I believe somewhere in the region of 350 million times um, it is an incredible opportunity for us to promote Kilkenny to an international market, and it's something that I know Mount Juliet, that the county council, and all the relevant uh, bodies in Kilkenny will be working very, very hard to um, to promote. There will be uh, there will be great opportunities. It will be particularly busy. Um, and because of our, again, because of our region and our proximity to Dublin, it, it, it's, it's not only going to be great for Kilkenny, it's going to be great for the South East. There's so many people are going to be staying in, 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 in the county of Kilkenny, but not just that in Waterford and Wexford too. Uh,
1: you're the acting chairman of Kilkenny Tourism. Uh, is the organisation looking at any special activities around the Irish Open or any particular plans to make the most of this opportunity?
5: Yeah, well, and, and um, I was only at a meeting—a uh, meeting about that—earlier today. <clears throat> we will be working with the local authority and with Mount Juliet and with the Chamber of Commerce and other interested stakeholders. From from our point of view, it's important that the visitors that come to Kilkenny for this event get to see the best that Kilkenny has. And if they're looking for accommodation in Kilkenny, that they're able to find it. Now, I think that in, in, in general, as it, it normally happens, the city centre hotels and the well-known city centre hotels will will fill up quickly. But there's so much more um, accommodation offerings in Kilkenny now than there were even, say, five or six years ago. Um, Airbnb, Airbnb. Um, and unregistered accommodation providers Um, there's probably somewhere in the region of nearly a thousand more beds available in in Kilkenny than there were this time five or six years ago and Kilkenny Tourism will be actively promoting two things um, uh, two things about um, the Irish Open one will be what the visitors that come to Kilkenny can do when they're not watching golf and what's what's on and where they can go and what they can do uh, and to what accommodation options are open to them other than the traditional four-star city centre hotel. And we'll be actively promoting the towns in Kilkenny, the likes of Castle Comer and Callan and Thomastown and and other towns that have B&Bs and guest houses and other accommodation options.
1: You're currently uh, Vice President of the Kenny Chamber of Commerce and the incoming President, I think, in the first half of of this year. Um, looking on to the broader issues that impact business, um, we're in the middle of an election campaign. Last year, uh, a political decision taken to increase VAT or to reverse the decrease of the, the VAT in your sector. As incoming President of the Chamber, what are, what would you be saying to the politicians looking for the business vote at the moment?
5: Um, there are a couple of, there are a couple of high profile things that just have to be addressed for business, um, not just in Kilkenny, in, in, in general in Ireland. For me, number one is insurance reform um, it is it is you know, we we we've seen a lot of high profile industries. Uh, you speak about it over the last couple of months from from the crash and the childcare side, and prior to that, we had entertainment companies that that in, in a number of them in Kilkenny and and around us that have gone out of business in the last in, in, since since the middle of last year because of it. It's only a matter of time before restaurants and bars and hotels close uh, in Kilkenny um, and in the rest of Ireland. There are uh, hotel businesses in Kilkenny paying um, in the region of 300,000 euros per year for insurance. It is unsustainable. It is and and simply has to be addressed. Um, transport. Um, which it's, it's great to see the new bus going around um, Kilkenny city centre. Transport to Kilkenny, rail transport in particular, is something that, 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 that needs to be on the agenda. And the uh, University of the South East, for me, is something that needs political leadership of the highest order. Um, it is <coughs> our, our, our young people in Kilkenny, should they wish to go to third level, generally end up leaving our county. And going to other counties, whether it's Dublin or Carlow or Waterford or further afield down to Cork and Limerick and Galway. And they end up staying where they're going. Um, and Kilkenny is one of the best places to live and work. Um, and we should be finding opportunities to keep them in the southeast in Kilkenny.
1: Um, finally, we're in January, a traditionally lean time for business, or, or people perceive it as being a lean time for business. Good to see uh, the restaurants uh, in Kilkenny coming together for Restaurant Week. Tell us about that initiative.
5: Restaurant Week is an initiative of the restaurants, of a number of restaurants that got together in Kilkenny In Kilkenny Tourism. We're supporting it. Um, it is it is just a um, uh, 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 ten days, not a week, from the twenty fourth to the second of twenty fourth of January to the second of, of February, where restaurants are putting their best foot forward and they are offering really really good deals, both menu deals, um, um, uh, uh, special prices for for particular dishes uh, and promotions in general to get people in their door so they can show off their fares and and hopefully entice entice locals. And it is predominantly aimed at, at local Kilkenny people. This isn't something that we're promoting around Ireland. It's something that we're, that, that we're, we're promoting in Kilkenny. And we want the the people of Kenny an opportunity to, to, to get a good price to come in and have a meal in one of our great restaurants. And we're blessed, John. We're absolutely best blessed with the standard and quality of the restaurants we have in Kilkenny. And we want our, lo- our, our, our local customers to come in and try it. And hopefully they'll come back. Uh, They'll do two things. They'll come back later on in the year, and they'll also tell their friends and their families when they come to visit Kenny where they should go and eat. The
0: bottom line on KCLR with John Purcell, brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across the southeast.
1: KK1 and KK2 buses have become familiar sights on the streets of Kilkenny since shortly before Christmas. Well, earlier this week, the official launch of the Kilkenny City Bus Service took place on the parade in Kilkenny City. Marian Wilson is the head of services planning with the NTA and she spoke to Marianne Vaughan of Casey News.
6: So, Marian Wilson, we've just had the launch of the City Bus Service here right in front of the very beautiful Kilkenny Castle. Yes. Um, how has it been running so far from the NTA's point of view? It's been good going very well. Um, there are always uh, initial teething problems, you know, with people. It's, it's coming into a city that's never had a bus service, really, to speak of before. And um, so, you know, people are taking a little bit of time getting up on the bus and asking the driver for information and all that kind of thing. So we're hopeful that when it settles down and it gets into the rhythm of good performance. Um, but we've we've um, carried significant numbers of people thus far in the, just in the first month. So we just see it grow. Growing and growing over the next few weeks, and especially with the, a lot of the visitor travel uh, traffic that comes into. Kenny during the summer months, and that we would see that people would distribute themselves from the main interurban service bus stop down at McDonough Junction and uh, from the rail station up to the amenities around the city. So we, we would we would hope to get some of that traffic as well, you know, onto the bus. So. And one of the things that was mentioned in the speech there was the possibility into the future of looking at maybe expanding the service, adding yeah. new stops, changing stops. Is that a possibility? Definitely, definitely, because it is a city, um, and it's a city with a diverse range of amenities we're just looking at getting a toehold and we would see that developing uh, both frequency uh, increases on the existing routes and maybe looking at maybe more coverage into the future of areas that that missed out on the first draw as it were so um so we would be looking to develop the thing into a proper functioning network And so that's why we've got our little um, trunk section running through the center of town where both routes go on the same stops. So, and we're trying to keep up the coordination on that so that, you know, people have a a smaller weight if they're just going for a short trip uh, across town and that kind of thing. So, you know, we're, we're hopeful to fashion a network out of it into the future.
0: The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Parcel. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie
1: That, unfortunately, is all we've got time for this week on The Bottom Line. We'll be back next Saturday just after 9am. And don't forget, you can listen back to this episode or indeed any episode of The Bottom Line on our KCLR bottom line podcast available across a range of platforms just search for the bottom line casey lore thanks to all our guests this week ray garland of nissan carlo fiona deegan head of enterprise kilkenny local enterprise office paddy phelan ceo of 3cea colin Hearn, general manager of kilkenny ormond hotel and Marion wilson of the nta if you'd like to contact the program do email us at the bottom line at casey 96 fm Thanks to everyone who helped on the program to Miriam Vaughan from her for her report on the launch of the Kilkenny City bus service, John Keane on sound editing and Deirdre Drummy who produced. Until we speak again next Saturday, hopefully enjoy the weekend and have a good week. KCLR's bottom line
0: brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business www.omf.ie.